This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership in the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford. I'm the host of the show. I'm here with David Witt. He is the CEO of SOM International. And David, you just got back from a trip to North Africa. And uh, we want to talk about that trip. We always want to talk about this larger program, this thing that we call Global Ambassadors. Now, we have ambassadors that are literally all over the globe that are discipling people that are raising up the next generation of Christian leaders. We also have Global Ambassadors that are right here at home. They're serving domestically. And with that, they're advocating for the persecuted church. They're praying Mm, for the persecuted church. And even they're doing some discipleship with one another. So David, I thought what would be helpful is if you talked today about this recent trip that you took, it looks like you put together a team of 10 people from France, India, and here domestically in the United States. And you took them to North Africa. We talk about it in the newsletter, but Mm -hmm. Maybe you give us a little bit of behind the scenes look, go a little bit deeper in detail about what this team did and what it was like, what it felt like and what it looked like and the kind of things that you did Mm -hmm. there when you were on the ground in North Africa. Yeah, well, this trip definitely represents what God does in the heart of his children, his people. And that's why we were excited about this newsletter and this uh, August month being the focus on ambassadorship. And that each then that's right from the scriptures. Therefore, uh, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making Mm -hmm. his appeal through us. And we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Jesus, mm-hmm. we might become the righteousness of God. And, and so, mm-hmm. you know, it's and so we wanted to bring the, uh, you know, we have the global ambassadors you know, focus of really yeah. encouraging that representation of the body of Christ in the United States. But we wanted to give that uh, international perspective of how, you know, all of our family, our global family are being, in, are they're being ambassadors and they're being global ambassadors, right. not just for their own nation, for their own tribe. And we experienced that just in Northwest Africa uh, as we had a, this um, coalition of uh, global people. Again, you just mentioned it. The team that we were going in to do our mm-hmm. discussion discipleship method, which is part of the orality movement and oral Bible in inductive uh, Bible training. So it was all trained, you know, people who are part of our network. And, and so we had right. our leadership in India come. And then right. we uh, have some missionaries from France who are who used to be on staff with some really close friends and just wanted to join and, and, and contribute. Mm-hmm. And, and then we had our team from the United States. And, uh, and, then, and then we get into Northwest Africa. And, and Mark, it was unbelievable unity mm-hmm. that we got to. We, we were with... We were with five different, ultimately through the time, five different nations in Northwest okay. Africa. And we had multiple tribes at any time with it collecting all enough common languages. We had four languages being translated as oh, wow. we conducted the workshops. So even, you know, the group for the Africans there couldn't all speak their own language to each other. You know, I mean, it was truly wow. international. But there was so much love, smiles, encouragement, mm-hmm. and, and joy. And it was just so fun equipping, you know, our family there uh, with the Word of God 
to that they could bring to tribal people and and, and high illiteracy. It's it's rate in some tribes and villages there. It's considered up to you know seventy even ninety percent illiteracy. So wow. the, the you know even having the printed Bible in their language, which is limited because there's not the printed Bible in all the languages there, it would be fairly impossible to do discipleship. But because mm-hmm. we formed this training around relationships around being really depend upon the Holy Spirit and God's word putting in our your heart and using audio tools and just you know speaking it out loud they were able to grow in the Lord and to be able to train others. Oh, wow. So now uh, tell us a little bit about this training that you were doing. You talk about the uh, discussion discipleship method and this mm-hmm. oral inductive training. So, uh, and you have, I, I can't even imagine, I wish I would have been able to see this. You know, you have people speaking four different languages. Unbelievable. So what what's the kind of context of this training? What are you training people to do? And uh, what does that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, the first, uh, I mean, the ba- there's a few basic things we trade. I mean, one is the sufficiency of scripture uh, mm-hmm. is, is all we need. Ultimately, God lays out to for godliness and witness and for discipleship. I mean, when we have, you know, right. the Greek and Hebrew tools like you and I have and, and we and, you know, and other books. And, yeah. But the problem is, Mark, I, you know, they, the stark need, you know, we, you know, we, we have Oswald Chambers. Uh, we got Charles Spurgeon. Uh, we have, you know, we can we can read Jonathan Edwards. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Uh, libraries, yeah. rooms. Right. And you and I have, have been blessed with good libraries. But the, when I went over there, we, in my beginning days of working with the persecuted church and unreached areas. I, there, I remember a few times I was humbled when I was talking, uh, specifically I was talking to a brother from Northwest Africa and I said, you know, what books do you have in, Christian books do you have in your language? And he goes, we only have the New Testament. I go, wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's like the yeah. New Testament. So what do you do when you when you struggle with questions? What are other people's thoughts? They just don't have access don't have to it. that. Yeah. yeah. So so you have to think about what is discipleship looking like and growing. And, and so the, God's word is central. And so we want to first, again, show the, the, the scriptures. They can have confidence. God has put his heart in the word. And so that is all they need ultimately. Yes, if they get other tools, it's great. It doesn't hurt, but but they have enough. And then and even if they have problems with literacy, if they teach people how to learn the story, just like uh, why Christ did, we be basically want to teach people, mm-hmm. you know, disciple the way Christ did. Christ did most of his discipleship on the way. So again, we put, put the word of God in your heart, and then you're teaching people in relationship, in life, along the way. And like Christ used good questions, and he listened. The greatest way to love God and love others is to listen well and respond. And that's the heart, so much of the heart of the DDM. And so that was our heart. And man, they just, they, it was it was like a duck to water. They saw yeah. how that applied so much to the persecuted church. Because right. in some of those nations, we were, we were dealing with some believers who it's apostasy law that if they're found with the Bible, I mean, mm. they could be arrested and put to death. It's by the wow. it's on their laws in that country, North Africa, that to apostate, to leave Islam, uh, you're to be put to death. And if you wow. proclaim the gospel, if you're a missionary, a gospel proclaimer, you're to be put to death or or fined wow. or 10 years, a minimum 10 years of prison in one nation. So, I mean, it's very wow. serious to them. And so they haven't had a lot of organizations, a lot of groups that have come in and really understood their struggle and and what it means to disciple in a restricted, persecuted nation. So they just felt so honored by us, so loved. They felt understood. Uh, so it was a blessing just connecting with them. Yeah, David, I'm just trying to put myself in those shoes of having a, a faith in Christ, having a, a religion that 
uh, that I could be persecuted for, and yet at the same time, I don't have a lot of discipleship tools. That's risky. Mm-hmm. Hey, when we get back from this break, I want to talk a little bit about what's happening in Bangladesh, what's happening in Mexico. We have some other uh, ways that our global ambassadors are serving all over the globe. We'll be right back. At Risk Radio. Every Sunday in America, over 60 million people freely walk into the doors of a church fellowship. But not everyone enjoys this kind of social freedom. Christians face harassment in 145 countries around the world. Some even give their lives today because of their faith in Jesus. Persecution is harsh. Women and children are the most vulnerable of all people groups. But be inspired that your family in Christ is boldly sharing love and hope despite local officials doing everything they can to silence them. In fact, let me assure you that our prayers today bring them comfort and love. Thank you for standing with our persecuted family. To stay informed and to help assist, go to spiritofmartyrdom.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt. He's the CEO of SOM International. And David, during the break, you were talking about this time that you guys were on the road there in North Africa and you got stopped. And well, I'll let you fill in the details. Tell us a little bit about what happened before we move on to Bangladesh. Yes. Yeah, so in the country we're uh, at, they were doing, they're doing um, hot checks, um, highway checks everywhere through the country. And they will, they're closing down the nation and anyone driving on the road for security from midnight to 5 a.m. And we had a huge group of 28, four vehicles, and we weren't moving that fast. And we had about seven hour drive to one of our uh, workshops trainings and bottom line we didn't make our destination so we get pulled over that checkpoint had to sleep on the side of the road 28 of us combination oh again the international you know nations five nations africa like i said three international uh nations europe asia and in north america represented there and so we had one guy crawled on top of the van uh, made a space on the on the uh, you know on the bags <laughs> on the oh rack up to our day it was it was in the high 90s high humidity i mean it's oh hot my goodness. they we hadn't gotten dinner because we were trying to hurry so no one had eat we just had a few snacks in the car there's no public restrooms uh, a lot of the guests had never been in this area and some of them never been to africa um you know so there's the unknown the fear could play on it yeah but you know what mark it was amazing we had christ likeness everybody served one another everybody mm-hmm. found a place pastor singh who we've talked about who directs uh, in india he found a cart that <laughs> was just sitting there and he said and he slept on the cart he got up in the morning he says oh man this reminds me of my first 10 years of ministry in india when i just <laughs> i walked all of india and slept wherever god would provide you know and oh, he has a great attitude our, our global ambassador's director who was uh, with us, she um, is open about her, her age and she's mid 60s. And, and she got, I talked to her in the morning and she said, I'm having the time of my life. And, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, and we just, and we had other people who were saying, said, uh, you know, hey, this is people, people dream about adventures like this. This is going to be a story we tell our grandchildren. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, and we quoted our ministry, blessed are the flexible for they shall not break. So across the board, Africans, uh, Asians, you know, Americans, there was just a su- sweet spirit of service, of love, and it brought us together in unity. And, and I felt, you know, that's the true ambassadorship of Christ. And, you know, why did, why did all these people come from different nations? 
nations and tribes and languages come together because when Christ works in our heart, we love each other, we love God's word, and we want to represent him to all the nations. And so our international family is, is representing that so well. And because of that unity, because of that love, God infused, Mark, our family there so much. One of the one of the leaders from one of the most persecuted nations in North Africa there, he said to Malik, our director over there, he came up to him and said, I did not know you were bringing us gold and silver to us. And, and Malik said, what do you mean? And he said, and this 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 leader, in this very persecuted nation, said, "This training and gathering is a treasure to us," and and he said, and, and with it, we're going to spread God's word throughout um, North Africa. So mm-hmm. cool. it was it was beautiful. Yeah, God's just fruit from our time mm-hmm. there and. True ambassadorship. Well, you mentioned uh, Pastor Singh, and Pastor Singh has been a pioneer as far as training church planters specifically, and with the the Lighthouse Sewing Ministry and discipling Mm -hmm. ladies, uh, setting up uh, micro-businesses for them. And uh, years ago, 2018, he went into Bangladesh, and he started to Mm -hmm. reproduce this particular ministry. So David, give us an update as far as what's happening in Bangladesh right now. Yeah, so again, this network is we're all networked together. And, and you're right about Pastor Singh truly being maybe the patriarch of the, this modern church planting movement that we're all involved in and so encouraged. And he's just always a thrill and inspiration to be with. And and so part of that, yeah, that theme and that unity and love is has grown and growing in Bangladesh. And we have Joseph, who's directing the work there. And, and such a man, um, so faithful and persevering. And one of his just passions is to get God's word out. So he distributes uh, literally 20 to 50,000 uh, scriptures and, and Bible portions every year. Uh, they, we just graduated their five church planting schools. And uh, so we're just rejoicing in the strengthening of the maturity of Christ, the passion to share uh, with others. And, you know, it's interesting there, Mark, again, that uh, based a uh, lot's based again in the DDM uh, of oral duct Bible training. The mm-hmm. many of the tribes that he has schools in, they literally are illiterate tribes. So we wow. are graduating. I know you think about that at Bible schools yeah. in America, you know, all the requirements and our expectations. And I mean, there's, and there's good things there. It's not, not necessarily bad, but we need to have a big vision of what God could do with a right. willing heart and a clean heart. And mm-hmm. so these uh, Bangladeshi church planners are, do not read and write. And, and, and wow. yet they are disciple makers. Um, so and then that's what Bangladesh really represents, because there's just a low literacy rate in that area. Well, speaking about guys who are multiplying ministry, another one of the directors at SOM International is uh, this guy, Russell Stendhal, and he mm-hmm. has multiplied his ministry over in Mexico. Now, that looks a little bit different. It has some broadcasting elements to it. It has a clean water project element mm-hmm. to it. It has a little bit of a medical missions connected to it. So, David, give us, uh, again, in our last few minutes here together, give us an update as far as what's happening with Humberto and SOM Mexico. Yeah, well, Umberto, I was just uh, with Umberto and Ceci, and they're just amazing, just so full of love. It's just, they inspire me. And um, one of the collaborations that we just loved is they just, uh, Columbia with uh, Russell, is that, you know, they their their ministries produ- is um, producing and, and manufacturing a water systems, and mm-hmm. water filter uh, systems for villages and, you know, for cities. I mean, they can make different sizes. But we have one that's very portable, workable, that's... Uh, 
serves a village about 600, 3,000 gallons uh, a day. Um, wow. It could probably clean. And, you know, you don't need to clean the filters if it's in fairly clean water about once a year, uh, really low cost on it. And, and it, the message of that work had been developed is clean water, clean message. And so mm-hmm. uh, Columbia and the work down there, they just donated and through the partners, we were able to donate in a, a water filter to Mexico. And so uh, Umberto is arranging to bring it to this very remote village with 30 families. They don't have access. They, they take it right out of the surface water. Um, and wow. they have, you know, stomach issues and, you know, they sure. have issues at times. And so this is going to bring them health. It's going to, wow. br- it's bringing encouragement. It's bringing the message of love. It's, it's demonstrating the gospel and the discipleship that he's, he's sharing with them. So David, uh, while we wrap up, I'm assuming that they need more of these systems. Is that a proper assumption? Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the need for water is just massive. And we, so we are doing the, we're seeing the water project, of course, in Colombia, as we mentioned, uh, that we're sharing that Venezuela, um, in Mexico, in uh, India. And then we're really looking at Northwest Africa too, of uh, bringing it in. So uh, how much does one of these water systems cost? Yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're not cheap because they're about, uh, by the time with transportation and everything, it's about $6,000. But, okay. you know, you think about what that cost is, you know, service a whole village that's inexpensive comparing other systems and what people do. So you have to look at the the impact from it. Yeah, and the impact that not only it's clean water, but also it gives them an opportunity, a platform to share the gospel with these people because they're, they've had a, a practical need met. So well, I wanted to clarify that because I'm, I think there may be some people who are listening to this broadcast today and are like, hey, I could I could put up six thousand dollars. Or maybe yeah. my small group could put up six thousand dollars. We could or yeah. maybe our church could do a project sure. and, yeah, and yeah. raise that kind of money and give these tools, yeah, you know, get these tools in the hands of those who can use them to share the gospel in places that are otherwise unreached for the gospel. Well and we want to encourage all of our listeners to step up and becoming a better leader in the kingdom of God. And the, I tell you the first step for you, if you haven't already done so, subscribe to our newsletter. On the back of August's newsletter, uh, we're Recording this in August or for August, there's this picture of Humberto and uh, Ceci and they're and a couple kids and they have this clean water system and it's a beautiful picture and just what that represents is priceless and we want you to be able to see that and connect with those who are risking much for Jesus. You can sign up for that newsletter at atriskradio.com. And lastly, hey, At Risk Radio, SOM International, and all the good work that's going out to disciple people all over the world is all funded by you as you sign up to be a donor or as you donate in exchange for some books in the bookstore. All that happens at spiritofmartyrdom.com or the bookstore is at sombookstore.com. Until next time, my name is Mark Stafford and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.